Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stronghold Podcast. Uh, we are coming at you from Singapore after another excellent night of fights. Actually, it's been an excellent two weeks of fights, man. The UFC, the last two weeks, has been firing on all cylinders. Last week, we had the amazing fight between Justin Gaethje, and that whole card was amazing. This week, Jake, wasn't it something like eight out of ten fights on this most recent fight card were finishes? Yeah, I think everything in the main was a finish, and I didn't actually see any of the um, on the card. Except for the main event. Ah, yeah, the main event wasn't, the wasn't a finish, but maybe it should have been. That was, that was a pretty brutal fight. But uh, anyway, Jake, how you doing, dude? Yeah, not bad. All, uh, yeah, it's a shame we couldn't get to do last week, we had, but we can go through those as well because there were some absolute bangers last week. And it was interesting that I think last week a lot of the fights went to decision, and then this week it didn't, but there were still all amazing fights. It's like pretty cool how that happened. Then yeah, the last, the last two cars have been just absolute banger. Yeah, I couldn't do it last week. Jake's wife got the old COVID booster. So we had to pull a mulligan. Yeah, she she was not overly well from that. Yeah, and, and not many people are. I hear no, a lot I, of people are having a, a stronger reaction to the the booster, even more than the first two jabs. So, uh, but the podcast before that was great. We had a really good, uh, really good showing on that last podcast. Over two thousand views, which for a fucking random ass MMA podcast in Singapore is not too shabby. We'll, we'll take that. And then the the uh, technique video that we did breaking down. Whoa. Islam's Islam's finish also did really good. So thank you all for for supporting it and watching those videos. We appreciate that. Anytime we get those views up into the thousands, it's it's really excellent. So hopefully this one does well too because these fights were really good. We had a couple solid solid weeks of fights, and there's actually a technique I want to I want to break down in the the Holloway, uh, Yair Rodriguez fight. We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. Where do you want to start, dude? Do you want to start with last week, or you? Let's just start with today's. Yeah, because, let's start uh, with what's last week's fresh probably been broken mind. down. Yeah, totally. So uh, today we had Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez in the main event. We can start with that. You know, dude. The first thing that surprised me. Did you see the odds on this fight? Uh, wasn't it that Holloway was like minus six hundred yeah. favorite or something like that? It was absolutely crazy. I mean, I know that Holloway's a favorite, but like that's, that's, that's five to one or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. And you can see Yair was right there, man. If that, okay, let me ask you this: If that was a three-round fight, would you have had Yair up? Um, yeah, probably. I wouldn't in a three-round fight. I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd have got the decision and won it. Put it that way. I'm not. In, I'm not 100 sure who'd have got it in a three-rounder. Can you uh, can you check the, the what the scores were real quick before we break it down? Because I'm pretty sure I think two out of the three judges gave Yair two rounds. So um, I, I think there was one 49-46 for Holloway, and then I think there was two 48-47s for, for Holloway, which would have meant if that was a three-rounder, uh, Yair may have won, which is crazy. But also, like, dude, you don't want to fight Max Holloway over five rounds. He's something like his last five fights have all gone five rounds. That's insane. Yeah, but the pace he puts yeah. on in this. And it's funny because, you know, he's not, quote-unquote, finishing people. He's just beating the shit out of them right he just beats the shit out of them and he builds momentum and builds momentum but i'll tell you what the first two rounds those calf kicks had me nervous he kicked him in the cat i never seen anybody absorb so many calf kicks without losing their balance yeah, without without, without that calf numbing up the foot dying you know without hitting that nerve that's going down the side of the leg i think yair rodriguez is probably the best kicker in in the ufc Oh, he was absolutely nailing him as well, and not just with the calf. He was getting him from all angles. Like he's getting, he's deep kicking him constantly to the body, like from all over the place. You're like, Yo, that's impressive. Front kicks, round kicks, calf kicks, leg kicks, heel kicks, jumping kicks. He caught him with a crazy like up elbow. He almost hit him with that back elbow again. He's damn dynamic. What a 
dumb decision. Remember like a couple years ago when the UFC was thinking about cutting him? Yeah. Because he, I guess, didn't want to fight Zabit or whatever the hell it was back then. Could you imagine if they had made the mistake and cut this guy? He's one of the most exciting fighters in the entire roster. Tough as hell. Yeah, I think one, I think one, one would have definitely taken him. <laughs> yeah, oh, Bellator would have taken Anybody would have yeah. taken him. He's damn exciting, super dynamic, and crazy to watch. And if this was, listen, over three rounds, Yair can probably beat almost anybody in that division. But, you know, he did have some typical Yair moments in the fight. And you, you see his... Achilles Hill being exposed a little bit. Soon as Holloway figured, oh, actually, he can't grapple. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was like, oh, I'll just learn him for a bit then. Which, if there's anything that we learned about uh, in the Frankie Edgar fight... Is that he can't grapple. Is that he can, but, but he just does... It's not his strength. He, he struggles once someone's on top of him. He struggles to get out. Like, that's what you saw in the Edgar fight all that time ago, that he just couldn't get out from the bottom. And he actually did better at getting out today, but still not good enough. Yeah, especially in that... I mean, the thing with the kicks too, right, is you, you live by the kicks, you die by the kicks. Once you start kicking so oh. much, you got timed it, got the takedown, boom. Holloway hit the best time takedown I've ever seen in that fight. I think it was the third or... Third round, yeah, I think. something like that. And he just saw the kick come in and just launched himself into it. It's like a rugby tackle. Yeah. Perfect. And the thing is, when you kick... And I also thought it was a little bit of a, of a tactical error on uh, Holloway's part, or on uh, Yair's part. Because he, he let the calf kick go later on. He, he sort of fell off of it and started swinging. Oh, but I'm not surprised, though. Did you see the state of his foot at the end? No, I want you oh, to Jesus. show me that, though. See if you can find that, uh, Jake, because you sent me a message after the fight and told me that you saw something with uh, Yaya's feet. I didn't see that because I, I was still working this morning. But uh, And that's the thing with those kicks, man. Like If you kick that much, even if your shins are really conditioned, it hurts. It hurts. every. You know, I can imagine how bad his feet were, and I think I saw him. He was uh, in an ambulance or something like that. And I know if you kick that much, even if... So, would you fancy throwing calf kicks with this? Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh! If you're squeamish. <laughs> oh! Yeah, if you're squeamish, we should have probably said look away before. Oh, that is one of the most... Oh, keep it on there. <laughs> keep it on the screen. Oh, that is grotesque. If you are looking at this... That foot is disgusting. It looks like, you know what it looks like? It looks like he climbed Mount Everest and he's got fucking like, <laughs> he's got frostbite yeah, and they're going to have to sever his foot. Yeah, if you're coming off Everest with that, you're not having a foot anymore. And you know what the crazy thing was, was he was kicking the whole time. You know how painful it is? Listen, that didn't happen on the last kick. No. That happened early on. Who knows what, how many times he kicked after that. That is why accuracy and timing with kicking is more important than power. Because, dude, one check, one wrong spot, one time you kick the elbow, one time you kick the hip bone, that foot will blow up like a balloon, as Conor McGregor would say. My foot was a balloon. Uh, dude, that was na I did not know it was that bad. Yeah, that's why I sent you the text, mes text message with me vomiting on it. It was disgusting. Like, when he showed it in the flesh, I was like, oh, Jesus. Can you see if there's a picture of uh, Holloway's calf? I, I, I'd be curious to see if, if there's one of those as well. Because that his calf has got to be brutal, brutalized after that. You know, and going back to the strategy a little bit. Uh, there might not be. I'm just curious. Uh, going back to the strategy a little bit. I mean, Yair, the first two rounds look great. And honestly, that's why you kick the calf. Because it's much easier to take someone down off a body kick. Right? Like Muay Thai fighters do it all the time. They're so used to catching kicks, catching kicks, tripping, dumping. But when you kick low to the calf, you can't really catch it. And if you catch it, it sets you up for body kicks and it sets you up for head kicks because you have to reach down if you're going to try to catch it. 
So I think uh, Holloway got him with that takedown. I think it was in the third. Yeah, the third. And then Yair mostly abandoned the calf kick. Now that I'm seeing his foot, you can probably imagine why. I didn't see Holloway checking many of them, though. No, but like you say, like if you just catch one, catch one wrong on the elbow or something like that, then that can do the damage enough to make you stop throwing it. It didn't stop him from throwing it, though. That yeah. was the thing. I mean, he was throwing into, even until the fifth round, he was throwing it. But that is the trade-off with those kicks, man. You can punch all day. You're in gloves. It's padded, although your knuckles can still get jacked up and swollen and everything like that. But when you kick, man, it is just brutal. Unless you got like that tie shin conditioning. I mean, look at that. Can you pull that up? If you're listening to this, do yourself a favor and Google Yair Rodriguez's foot if you want to vomit all over yourself. Because that, put that, can you make it big? Yep. Wait. Oh, man. Oh, it looks like it looks like he's gonna have to have his toes amputated. That is brutal. And you know that, that that could be like compartment syndrome as well too, because that blood has nowhere to go. Yeah. Man, if you are listening to this, please take a look at that and just imagine the toughness on Yaya Rodriguez to keep kicking like that. That guy is tough. He is mean, and he's probably one of the. He's definitely the best kicker, but he's arguably the best striker in the division he, he caught, outside of Max Holloway. Yeah. He caught Holloway a few times as well with that up elbow that he throws, the one yeah. that he got a uh, zombie with. Like he caught Holloway with it. My God, Holloway's got a chin on him. And how do you train that? How do you, <laughs> like, how do you train for somebody that throws those kind of techniques? Right. I mean, wow. Listen, the fight was, was a banger. It was really good. Those first couple rounds, I was nervous. And then I'm looking at that betting line. that was like minus 600 or whatever it was for, for Max Holloway. Like, how can you think he's going to, I mean, to be fair, he won, right? Yeah. So, so that they were right, but it was a close fight. I mean, it was one round difference there. If if Yair could have squeaked one of those last three rounds out, it would have been a different fight. He he would have won because I think I'm pretty sure on two of the three judges' scorecards. I don't know if you were able to find I that or not. A second ago, I don't know, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was 48-47. So you got one forty-nine, forty-six, yeah, forty-eight, forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-seven. Right. So, so listen, that's how close Yair Rodriguez is. Yeah. He's, he was one round away from beating the best featherweight of all time. Well, and he was going for his Hail Mary at the end as well. And ho- that's when Holloway was like, sod this, I'm just going to take him down and lay on top of him for the last 10 seconds. Yeah. Can't elbow me there, mate. And even that fifth round was really close. Yeah. That, so listen, Yair is right there. He, he's right on the cusp. He's super exciting. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with him next. Can we pull up the featherweight top 10 there? Yeah. But, but the fight was excellent. If you haven't seen it, go and watch that fight if you want to see some of the some of the best striking in the UFC, but Max Holloway just puts a pace on people that they, and his chin, whose chin is more legendary than Max Holloway? Has he ever been dropped? No, he's never been knocked out. Well, dropped, yeah, but I don't Who think dropped he's ever him? been dro- knocked out. Who dropped him? Did Volkanovski not get him? I don't think I he dropped him. I don't think he dropped him, no. And here's the thing, like if you look at Holloway's last five or six opponents, okay, Poirier landed some shots on him when he won the interim title over over Holloway when Poirier yeah. won it he landed some shots then he fought Volkanovski a bunch of times before that he fought Jose Aldo twice then he just fought Yari Rodriguez if you look at Max Holloway's last eight fights it is ridiculous okay it's like Jose Aldo Jose Aldo Volkanovski Volkanovski Yair Poirier like tsh, come on man that is like those are those three in particular the Poirier Volkanovski and uh, Aldo fights. I mean, those are three of the all-time Hall of Famer, all-time greats in a row. 
And he's still never been dropped. And all this beat Aldo twice, obviously. But the Volkanovski fights were super close. I mean, what a legend Max Holloway is. Plus, is he the most fun and lovable fighter in the UFC ever? Yeah. Who doesn't like Max Holloway? I've never met a single person. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you who. Conor McGregor for some unknown reason. Oh, did you see this video of him <laughs> walking? him coked out of his face? Talking to TV screen. Yeah, can you, yeah. Pull, can you pull that up? I'm asking you to pull up a lot of things here. But uh, yeah, see if you I just saw that only about five minutes ago. So if you're watching this or if you're listening to this, I'll, I'll have Jake pull up the video. But there's a video of like Conor McGregor, yeah, looking like he's he's <laughs> drunk or he's on blow or he's on something. He's just puffing his chest out, walking across the TV when Max Holloway's uh, when not Bruce Buffer. What's the other guy's name? Richie Martinez. Yeah. When Richie Martinez is calling his name like Max, bless Holloway, and it shows the face up, and Conor's just like walking across him like he's doing a it stare is down with him. Weird. It's, it's pretty boring. cringe, right? It's just bizarre. I'll bring it up. Give me a sec. Just zoom in on it. I need it. Here we go. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it is quite bizarre. So, if you're listening to this, Holloway's in the center, and Conor McGregor is, like, mead-mugging his TV. <laughs> he's just, like, he's, he's kind of doing, like, the Vince McMahon strut. You know what I mean? Walking in front of the TV. Conor McGregor ready for Pretending Max Holloway. he's in the face. It's bizarre. I... I mean, he's the sort of thing my five-year-old son does. Yeah, it's not a. It's a weird move. It's a weird move. Plus, the fight doesn't even make sense. No. I mean, it would be a money fight, I guess, but it doesn't make sense for Connor to fight Max Holloway right now. They're in different divisions. It wouldn't get him anywhere in the lightweight division, really. No. Holloway's like not very, not Holloway's small for fifty-five as well. Yeah. So it just makes no sense. Yeah, it's kind of a weird move. There's, there's, I feel like there's better fights for him. Plus, you know, I think Holloway would win in a rematch. And then it's like if, if Conor McGregor loses to Max Holloway, then basically two of his best wins are just going to get scratched. Yeah, right. Because he beat Poirier early. He beat Holloway early. Those wins were some of his best in his career. If he fights Max Holloway now, when Max Holloway is fucking on fire and he just broke his leg, lost twice to Poirier, you know, if Max gets that one's back, it's really going to hurt connor's legacy even more because it <laughs> the, seems the already burning boat that it is yeah, yeah i don't know man if i'm connor i would i would just do my best to hang on to that win yeah because even when he fought max holloway first of all max holloway was like 10 years old it was like his second or third fight in the ufc yeah he was 21 or something like that and then connor just took him down it's not like he beat him up he didn't finish him on the feet he you know he just I think took him down. Connor blew his. Connor was looking impressive in that fight, and I think that's the fight he blew his knee out. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, but like you say, yeah, he didn't finish him. So it's a strange one. I think he thinks based on that first fight that it'll be like that. Yeah, but I don't think no. it'll be like that. I, I don't know if that's the move for for Connor McGregor right now. Like, I know Connor's boxing, 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 but Holloway's like MMA boxing. They're not the same thing. Like, McGregor might beat him in a straight-up boxing match. Yeah, fair enough. But MMA boxing is a completely different kettle of fish. And if they fight, and, and specifically if they fight over five rounds, listen, <laughs> dude. Connor might be able to win in a, in a round or two. In three rounds, it might. I would lean more toward the likelihood of, or the possibility, rather, of, of Connor winning. Not yeah. saying that he would, but the possibility certainly is greater over three rounds. You give Max Holloway five rounds, good luck. Yeah. Good luck outpacing that motherfucker. He's got the biggest, the best pace in the history of the UFC. And even today, the pace that he put on Yair with one leg, I don't know how he was able to walk on that calf. It started to look like it was a little limp and getting a little goofy there in the fourth and fifth round. 
But then Yair didn't continue, and now I know why. Because his foot looks like it's going to have to be amputated. <laughs> he may never walk again. That was brutal. Um, so, I mean, it, it seems like it'll be Holloway and Volkanovski again. Yep. I don't know how many times they can keep fighting each other. If it's an, What if it's another um, close fight between the, the two of them? I want them to fight again, though, because I still maintain that Holloway won the second fight. I agree. I agree Holloway won the second fight. But let's say they have a third, another close fight. And... Whoever wins, like let's say it's Volkanovski that it wins a close fight. Let's say it's Holloway wins a close fight. How long are we just gonna keep doing this, right? I mean, they're clearly the best two in the division. Yeah, it's not it's not even close. It it would be similar to like Usman and Colby, right? Yeah. They're, they're so close, and the, those two are so separate from the rest of the division that it seems like they could just keep doing it forever. But yeah, you look at if I, I'll bring it up now. If you look at who's below them, like, yeah, let's take a look. They at are so you got. Oh, wait. Volkanovski is the champion, Holloway, and then both of them have beat Ortega comfortably. Like, I'm not saying, you know, Max clearly won today's fight against Jair, and then it sort of, do you put then anyone just... else in there against them? Like, I can't see it. So it's the only fight you can make in that division is Holloway, Volkanovski. And then if Holloway wins, you make Holloway, Volkanovski again. It's a bizarre one. Yeah, and it, it, it doesn't really get... Uh, sorry, can you just go down a smidge? The only thing in there in the top 10 that's interesting for both of them is Giga. Yeah. Uh, Giga Chikadze. I don't think anybody else there is ready. I mean, we can do Yair and Brian Ortega next, maybe. Yeah, that'd be For, like, fun. the third best in the division. I mean, but outside of that, Giga's the only one there that's really interesting that we haven't seen yet. Because Volkanovski and Holloway collectively have cleared out the entire division. Yeah, but I don't think Giga, like Giga's not ready for that fight yet, I don't think, though. Yeah, especially Volkanovski. I think Giga stands a better chance against Holloway just because Holloway's more of a pure striker. Yeah. Volkanovski can take him down. And Giga's obviously an amazing kickboxer, but Volk, Volk has one of the most well-rounded games. He he will do what he needs to do to win, and he will go wherever he feels like he has the best chance. Holloway's just going to put a pace on you and beat your ass. Although, having said that, he did take the timely takedowns today may have won in the fight. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because if, if it wasn't for that third round takedown and it wasn't for that takedown in the fifth, who knows how that would have gone. On the feet, they were damn close. Yeah. So, uh, But a great showing. I don't want to take anything away from Yair because he looked great. He's so much fun. It just seems weird. He's inconsistent. Was his first fight in two years? Yeah. I mean, I guess COVID and stuff. I, I, who knows why? In this day and age, it's hard to say why. But, you know, he's very, he doesn't fight often. He's definitely not going to be fighting anytime soon with that foot either. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's the nastiest foot injury I've ever seen. Um, but anyway, what a banger of a fight. Was that fight of the night? Yeah, I think it so. must have been. They must got the been. bonus because there was um, it cut to a video of him afterwards. And Max, but Max basically goes up to the ambulance. He's like, yay, 50 grand. Yeah, yeah, we both got 50 grand. And meanwhile, Yager's like, my foot. <laughs> Can I buy a new foot with that money? Yeah, exactly. So um, good fight. You know, it, we'll, we'll see what they decide to do with that. But absolute banger of a fight and banger of a card. Let's keep going down. I was able to catch most of the, the rest of the fights. Um, cause it was nice because every one of them was a finish. So yep. it was like one, two rounds. So I was able to burn through them pretty quick. Ben Rothwell versus Hogeri uh, DeLima. Did you catch this one? Yeah, that was over quick. This was a weird one, though. Herb, what the fuck was Herb Dean doing? Stop, it, stop. No, I'll call. He stop, literally stop. like got in, put hands on him, and then was like, nah, I'm good. And then he's like, wait, wait, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> it, was a, it was a weird move. Uh, ben Rothwell, 40 years old. You know, the heavyweight's got those dinosaurs in it at the moment. Might be time for him to, to wrap it up, but, 
you know, it is what it is. It's a good finish for uh, Ruggiero de Lima. It was weird because you couldn't actually tell like how Rothwell's doing because it was over so quickly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like maybe he can come back from that and maybe he's good to go again. It's one of those fights that he just lost and you can't tell anything from it. Yeah. I think it was a, it was fair for him to, for Herb to stop it when he did. Yeah. But having said that, after the moment, you could kind of tell Ben could still wrestle a little bit and was still trying to move. Um, but it was a pretty, I mean, he, he hit him and his knees went and you know what I mean? It was one of those things that I think the follow-up punches kind of woke him up a little bit. And once they separated, he got a few seconds and, but weird, weird finish. Kind of a mistake there on, on Herb's part to touch. And he keeps doing that. This is like the second or third time Herb Dreams like touch people and they think that they won. Yeah. And then he's like, no, no, no. So, uh, and you could see him. He he touched him. He knew it. And then he was going to let it go. And, and then, then the, the guy, guy like, looked no, at him. You said and then stop. he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we better stop, haven't we? So that was kind of a weird finish. But if you want, go watch it. It was a, it was a quick one. Yep. And let's uh, burn through the rest that we got here. Okay. You. Did you see the Spencer? I did not see this. I actually I watched the first. <laughs> the, I watched the first two rounds and I couldn't find the third round. So, um, yeah, my daughter likes to sit down and watch some women's MMA with me. She sat down and watched this bloodbath with me. Oh, was it, it a bloodbath? Oh my god! It was. Oh man, some, I missed this one. It was some of the best dirty boxing I have ever seen from Spencer. But she was. It was. It did finish in the third. But my God, it was just the first two rounds were her just pinning her against the cage and rocking her and slicing her open with elbows. And there's me sat with my seven-year-old daughter going, mm, "This isn't great parenting, is it?" <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Oh, what are we watching?" Yeah, it's it's weird with the kids because you because you never know what will happen. I remember. I think I told the story on the podcast, but. I was sitting at the gym, and the fights are on Sunday, right? And so, depending on the timing of the fights, they're on Sunday in Singapore. And depending on the timing of the fights, usually, like, my wife is teaching the kids' classes, and rather than doing my job, I'm sitting at the desk watching the fights, <laughs> as you do. And uh, when uh, Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman fought each other, and Uriah broke Weidman's oh, leg, yeah, yeah. one of my, uh, my friends, the student that trains with me, he was sitting there with his son waiting for the next class. His younger son was in the first class, and his... Older son, older son being like nine years old, was sitting there watching him with his dad. And he sat there and we all go, whoa, and he's watching it. And his nine-year-old child just saw his first shin break. And you're just like, oh, and he covers his eyes. He's like, no, 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 look away. And he's like, oh, my God. And you're just like, yeah. You know, because you can, you can disassociate, especially children. You, can, it's, you can't really relate the pain unless you felt it. You kind of imagine it like a Marvel movie or like an action movie. Like kids can watch people fight in movies all the time. They don't actually yeah, no concept. They, yeah, they have no concept of the grisly brutality that or the pain that you're feeling or whatever. But once you see a leg snap, you, you can't unsee that. <laughs> like you know, that's a that's a tough one. No, this is a it was a brilliant display of dirty boxing, but it, she just absolutely sliced it to pieces. Oh, I gotta go back and back. watch this one. I think this is one for whatever reason I, I wasn't able to catch it. Um, okay. he's, he's quite a boring fight to be honest but it is because it is just her pinning it up against the cage so it's pretty dominant for Felicia yeah completely oh, okay. okay right on okay cool what's, uh, what's the next one here uh, Chaos oh this was a good one too man this was a damn good fight did you catch this one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah Chaos Williams man this dude's got some power and that uh, Miguel Baeza guy he's really good too yep. he had him all and all kinds of shit with the low kick He like Chaos couldn't put any weight on that lead leg and then you sell C. Baeza, but you see what he did? He, he went him with another leg kick, stumbled him, threw another one right away, st stayed in the pocket, and the chaos landed that right hand on him and dropped him. Yeah, he, he went to the well a few two, uh, times too often. Yeah, which is what happens with those low kicks if you fall in love with it too much. Yep. Um, but did you see um, 
Was it this one, the first round, where uh, he went for the heel hook? Yeah. And it showed why heel hooks don't work in MMA. Because yes. at first I thought, oh, he might be on this. He might be all right. And then he turned the angle wrong and just started getting cracked in the face. Yeah. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was in the outside, Ashi. He's going for outside heel hook, right? Yeah. And for all of you uh, for all of you heel hookers out there and you leg lockers, yeah, to Jake's point, you're absolutely right. And MMA is a different animal. If you commit two hands to someone's leg, trying to go for a knee bar, a heel hook, inside or outside, your face is very open for punches. You've got a very punchable face when you put those two hands on the heel. At first, he was doing a really good job because he had the straight leg on him. So he was far enough away and they thought, oh, he's actually, you know, this will work because he's not going to take any damage and he can work it. But then Chaos actually defended it well and made him move the position and then he curled back in towards him and just started getting cracked and lit up. Yeah, if they went through, I would like to watch it again. I only saw it the one time, but I'm pretty sure he was originally starting on an inside heel hook. And then I think through the transitions, he ended up in the outside Ashi going yeah. for the outside heel hook. And the problem with that outside Ashi is that it gives you that back exposure, right? So, so you know, I don't have the frame going across your body anymore. So my back is facing you. And if you're giving your back and you're trying, and plus the outside heel hook is so hard to finish, especially when people are slippery and you're getting punched. And so I'm, I'm kind of falling out of love with that, with the outside heel hook generally. Doesn't mean it doesn't work. Doesn't mean you can't get it. I'm not saying that, you fucking leg lock nerds. This is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's generally speaking more techniques that are more worth your time. Yeah. And if you're going to choose one, choose the inside heel hook yep. rather than the outside heel hook. But Where you uh, can actually defend your face if you're doing it in MMA. Yeah, that outside ashi, you don't you don't have a frame against the body, yeah. so it gives you that back exposure. And if you know how to handle it, you know how to defend it. It's going to be real tough to finish, especially in MMA, and people are getting wise to it. That outside heel hook. So, but that was an interesting. That was an interesting scramble. So, if you're a leg locking fan, and if you're a leg locking MMA fan, go check out. The, I think it was like the first or, or second round. Uh, round one and round one, I think. Yeah, and there was a good one yeah, two had, minutes. Yeah, he had a good minute and a bit to work it. It was it was interesting. Yeah. And and Baeza was staying busy. He was in initially doing pretty well, but then by the end, he he ate a few heavy ones, and then the the but the problem is too with that outside heel hook. There's no way to bail on it without giving up your yeah. back, right? So, like, once you're in it, you're kind of just in it yep. because the only alternative is to lose the leg and then your back is completely given. If you're in the cross, Ashley, there's still methods that I can bail on that position and come up on top, take sweep, and take your back, Yeah. right? Because if I'm in the cross, Ashley, it exposes your opponent's back instead of exposing your own if they're going to try to turn and escape, which is generally the, the way that you defend it. So interesting though. So for you leg locking fans, go, go check that one out and you can see a realistic leg lock exchange for MMA and then decide how much of your effort you <laughs> want to spend on those heel hooks. I know that uh, it's really trendy in Singapore right now, including myself. I also am, am deep into the leg lock game, but not in MMA. Not no. in MMA. I'll keep that for the, the no-gi specifically. Um, good fight though. Real fun. Yeah, that, that one was competitive too. They both had each other hurt. They both had each other in all kinds of shit. Like Chaos's leg was hurt. Baeza was eating some punches, went for that heel hook, had a few submissions attempts. And both of those guys are, are real good prospects. So they're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. But damn, does Chaos Williams have some power, man? Yeah, he's. Whoo, doggy, he's got some power. Plus, his name is Chaos. How marketable and, uh, of a what, name is that, dude? No, Chaos Ox. What is it? The Ox, the ox Fighter. The Ox That's Fighter. A brilliant name. I still don't know what it means. What does the Ox Fighter mean? Oh, did we have this conversation fight, yeah, before? Yeah, we've done this before and got nowhere. <laughs> Fights oxes, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. And yes, next person who I want to talk about. Also, please remind me, we got to talk to uh, 
we got to talk to your boy from Equilibrium. Yang. Yang and, and Mujig. Yes. Can you sort that out? Yeah. Send Yang a message because uh, I'd love to get him on and talk to, talk to him about Song and, and Mujig. We see if we can get them both, get them both on the podcast. Um, ideally, at the same time. Right now, we're stuck with this two-packs thing. It would be nice if we can yeah. get them both. But So, uh, Song Yudong. Listen, if you're a Chinese mixed martial arts fan, and especially after we saw Hamzat just run through Li Jingliang, then Song Yudong is the real deal. He's the truth. This guy, if there's anybody right now other than Zhang Weili who stands a chance of break, if there's any man... Getting the gold, it's him. It's him. Yep. It's him. He's 23 years old. He's already had like eight fights in the UFC or something like that. And uh, Yang, the o- owner of Equilibrium, has worked with Song. He managed him, I believe, back in the day. Isn't that what he said? Uh, yeah, he's he's um, done a lot with him, and he's he's been his translator and stuff like that, and coached him and things. So he yeah, he's really, been really, really he's well. cornered him in in the UFC. Oh. He, he's cornered him in the UFC and stuff like that. So if you want to hear a little bit about uh, Zhang Weili and and Song, go watch my podcast with Gang, the owner of Equilibrium. First of all, he's an awesome dude. We got drunk and talked some shit. It was it was really fun, um, and he told us some stories about Song that was really interesting. This guy is a beast i mean look what cheeto vera just did to frankie edgar didn't he beat cheeto cheeto i'm just trying to bring it up i'm now. pretty yeah, sure he, he has a win yeah. over cheeto vera it was a close one though i feel like i remember thinking cheeto won and song kind of got a a bit of a robbery there not robbery but it was you know it was i, I thought i had cheeto winning and i'm pretty sure they gave the decision to song and maybe you can pull up his uh his yeah, record I'm there i'm actually quite curious to see his record anyway there you go yeah so he did beat he did beat yeah he did beat Cheeto and yeah. Casey Kenny that's a that's a damn good win man fuck Song Yudong is so good and the Phillips fight for memory was like close yeah it was an awesome so if you just stay there for a second Jake so if we look at first of all Cheeto Vera is going to be top five anytime anytime now okay he just knocked out Frank Yeager with that front kick to the face which we will get to and where he looked like a fucking duck after he ate that he, <laughs> he looked like you know how girls make that face in photos Make my picture big so everybody can see. Let me do my best Frankie. There you go. Do my Frankie Edgar face. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, did you see that picture? That's no, fucking, you haven't that. seen this? I'll have to check it out. Oh, can you do it now, please? Just so you can see the reference, and then I'm going to do my best to match this face. If you're listening to this, please go and look at the still image of Frankie Edgar getting front kicked by Cheeto Vera. I can't believe you haven't seen this. This is classic. Images just... Yeah. You might have to go front kick... Uh, cause he looks like a duck. <laughs> he's got, he's got that duck face that, that chicks like to do on Instagram that does not look. Oh my God. Oh yeah. That one. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen this. Seen yeah. Oh, yeah. So look, zoom in all the way on that dude. Let me bring that up. Oh man. Look at, <laughs> look at his face, dude. Oh, that, that's a sad, sad man's face right there. So if you're listening to this. Do yourself a favor. If you want to see the saddest picture of Frankie Edgar of all time, look at him getting front kicked by Cheeto. I mean, he, he's sucking on them toes, man. He didn't look anything like Fred, Frankie Edgar. I mean, you know, you know how it is when you get those freeze frames, yeah. but it's just that split second. But for a moment in time, that's what his face looked like. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and, and just to get back to the point of, of Song Yudong. So have they updated the, the rankings in this division yet? Because Song was 15 coming into this fight. Still, still 15, but, according to but this. But where's Cheeto at now? Uh, 11. Uh, is that the new ones? 
Oh, you see the UFC ones, so it's on UFC. This must have been updated already. This was updated after Frankie and Cheeto fought. In other words, yeah, okay. Be. So what's he at now? He's at nine, eleven. He's at eleven. Yeah. Okay. He should probably be higher. And now, if you if you don't mind, can you put that on the main screen? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we got Song coming in at fifteen. He's going to move up. Yeah, he'll be up after he, today. He's going to move up now. We got Cheeto at eleven. So Song already beat Cheeto. Yeah. Which shows you where he's at in the division. And he also beat Casey Kenny, who just went to a split decision with Dominic Cruz. So you can see already where he's at. He's he should he's, be top ten, but like going in. Yeah, he's. I mean, you have the tip of the spear. You have like the top five guys. Song is right there, and he's twenty three years old. Yeah. Okay, so if you're a Chinese MMA fan, Song Yadong is the fucking truth. This guy is as legit as they come. And uh, also, if you're a one championship fan, he also has a win over the current one lightweight champion. As long as uh, the board doesn't come over and overrule. <laughs> Change that. Overrule. So, uh, what's his name? Uh, ok Rayun. So, ok Rayun just beat Christian Lee. Beat, I say. A little tongue-in-cheek. I-, I thought Christian won. So did many people. Um, but the point is, is ok Rayun is the champion. Song has a win over him. He has a win over Cheeto. He's only 23 years old. He's already had like nine fights in the UFC. Can you throw his record up one more time? Let's take a look and see what we got lower down here. If you start going back, he's... Yeah. Alatang Haley, so this is my boy Stephen Langdown, fought him in, in uh, one. He has a win over him. He's also currently in the UFC. He's another Chinese prospect who, who Song beat and just keep going up. Let's get to the more. There's Akrayun. TK Odom in a minute and 20 seconds in the first round. That's your current one lightweight world champion. It's Song fucking crushed him. And we keep going up. Start into when he gets in the UFC. So he's got a couple cheeky losses there, decisions. And he's in the UFC here. All right, we'll keep going up. Okay, so Alexander Perez, that's a good win. Cody Stammen was a majority draw. Marlon Vera, and then we're in the we're in the modern stuff. So listen, th- this is the guy. This is the guy to keep your eye on. Uh, I-, I just remember not really knowing much about Song when we had that when we did the podcast with with Yang, and he kept being like, "Dude, <laughs> bet on it, trust bet on me, yep. Song, trust me, Song," and he was right. Yeah. And by the way. Fucking what a legend that guy is with uh Zhang Wei Li and Song Yudong. Yeah, come on, man. This dude's got the Chinese connection. You know what I'm saying? So we got to get Yang back on here and, yeah, and talk some more. I'm, I'd thoroughly enjoy having a few more beers with that dude. Uh, plus Mujig, yes, maybe the arguably the top. Uh, Singapore's most exciting BJJ. Yeah, he's prospects at this time. And we got some more competitions coming up, which we're going to get to. We're going to get to Lion City pretty soon. So if you're waiting for me to shut the fuck up about these fights and talk about <laughs> Lion City, don't worry. It's coming, people. It's coming. Um, all right. So Song Yudong, listen, this guy, this is the guy. This is the guy to keep your eye on. So if you're if you're a fan of Chinese mixed martial arts and you're waiting for the one, or if you're, this is going to be the dude. Yeah. Or if you're a fan of someone with an amazing right hand who just knocks people out with it. Tough as shit. Yeah. Young. 23 years old. Imagine him when he's 28. Yeah. He, I'm telling you what, man. He's knocking on the door already. All right. Let's round out this. Was that the main card? Yeah. That was the full. Can we go? There's a couple more uh, bangers I just wanted to mention real quick. But can I see? Because there's some names there that I don't know if you can throw it up there on the, the main yeah, so we got Tiago Moises, who just lost to uh, Joel Alvarez. Now, Tiago is this guy who just lost to Islam as well. And this guy, Joel Alvarez, just destroyed him. Just walked through Tiago Moises, 19-2. and two. This guy could be a problem. Keep an eye on him. He beat him faster than Makachev did. And he, he just struck, finished him. Uh, that Andrea Lee girl that beat Cynthia Calvillo, she looked really good too. Man, she was going to the body hard. She kept teeping her in the stomach, throwing switch kicks to the body. She got hurt in the body like three or four times 
in the in the second round. And then I think it was just in between rounds that she just stopped or the corner stopped or, or whatever. Um, I'm not exactly sure what happened with the finish because my video just finished there and then that was the end of it because I definitely wasn't illegally streaming it. <laughs> so, uh, all right. And then we get down to Courtney Casey, Sean Woodson. This guy, Sean Woodson, he looked like he was about nine feet tall in there. A new guy I hadn't heard of before but looked really good. So many quick finishes. Yeah. It's hard to get a beat on what exactly, where all these people stand. But damn good fights. I think we can finish that up uh, right there because we pretty much talked about all the juicy stuff. But if you're looking for a night of finishes, go check out this card. You can watch the whole event in like half an hour Yeah. other than the Holloway uh, Yair Rodriguez fight. And uh, okay, let's touch a little bit on last week's since we weren't able to do that. Bring it up. And we had some, we had some friend, friend, uh, some comments to timestamp this shit. Did you see that? People were like, "Will you please timestamp this shit?" <laughs> so that way we know how to get to whatever you're talking about. So I'm gonna look into that timestamping technology and see if we can figure that out. Uh, yeah. So main event was Usman Covington. I think yeah, Usman won it, but they're so close to one another. Man, were they close? Yeah. If if Usman hadn't dropped him in that second round. That might did they did you see if they gave him a ten eights in that round? Uh, no, but I can check. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be curious about that because I had Colby winning the last two. Um, you know, you know what's crazy is like obviously and rightfully so, everybody's so high on Usman right now. But if you think they fought for ten rounds, Colby probably won four of them. Yeah. Right. I mean, obviously he got finished in the first one, so you know you take that for what it is. But in the even in the and he got dropped in the second one, so Usman's obviously got the power advantage. But I had Colby winning the first or the last two, and in the first fight I had him winning the first three or three of the five, whatever it was. I had Colby up three rounds to two or uh, two no, I had him two to two going into that fifth round in the first fight. So that yeah, that means I would have given Colby four rounds out of the ten that they fought. So I mean he's right there. What, what do we got? Were they ten eights? Card up, uh, no, so no 10 8 that I can see. Really, yeah, he, didn't he drop him twice in that second round? So the score was what 48 47 on all three? No, no, one was 49 46. Okay, but do you want me to bring it up? Uh, w- yeah, please. Oh, there yeah. you go, yeah, yeah, excellent. So, yeah, two 48 47s and then one 49 46. So the 49 46, they gave, yeah, they gave Osman four of the five. Okay, so, so yeah, so in the case of both fights. Two of the three judges in both of the fights scored it the same way that I did. Yeah. Because in the first fight, I had a two and two going into the fifth. And in this fight, I had Colby winning the last two. So, I mean, yeah. So he took four rounds from Usman in 10 rounds, which is damn. I mean, everybody's, you know, Colby had a point. He talked about, like, why, you know, they got Usman number one pound for pound. Why isn't Colby up there? You might have a case, man. Yep. Because, I mean, how Usman has just trashed everybody. Other than Colby Covington. Yeah. And and I loved that Colby kind of broke kayfabe for a minute at the end of that fight. I wish they could get... Have you seen a translation into what he said afterward? Have you been able to find... Can you can you Google and see if we can get the best possible uh, of what the mics picked up for Colby saying after they, they fought? Because I could tell that he, he said something like... Hey man, it, you know I'm just doing it for yeah, the, the money, money or yeah. something like that. Like, I, but I couldn't, I never could find exactly what he said. But uh, he broke kayfabe for a minute there and, and was like, "Hey dude, come on, you know we're, I'm doing this for you. Like I'm doing this for me and you." And the reality is, Usman gets pay per view points. 
So the more money or the more shit Colby talks, the more money Usman makes. If more people buy, and let me tell you right now, more people bought that fight for Colby Covington talking shit than to watch Kamara Usman. Yeah. Everybody loves Kamara Usman because he's the champ, but the intriguing aspect of that was what Colby Covington brought to the table. They're not watching it to see Usman dominate people. They're watching it to either see Colby get shut the fuck up or to see Colby win and some crazy chaos ensue, which is why I was watching it, which is why you were watching it, which is why my wife was watching it. So listen, no matter what anybody says about Colby, and I know a lot of people hate his shtick, that motherfucker made Kamara Usman a lot of money. Yeah. And he gave Kamara Usman the fights that are going to define his legacy. And talk all the shit you want about Colby, you have to understand that this is a fucking gimmick. Yeah, so according to this, his words were, it's all love for you, it's all about making money, nothing but love. And then Usman replied, respect. Nice, nice. Yeah, that was roughly what I heard. Which just goes to show you that, you know, Kobe's Kobe's being the fucking Undertaker, okay? He's being the Rock. Yeah. He's going in there. It's kayfabe. He's putting on an act, everybody. And some of you might say, yeah, but you don't need to do that. Yeah, but you don't need to do that. Yeah, but it's more fun. Yeah. It's more fun. He's not really an asshole, okay? He's not the Donald Trump-loving MAGA, Brazil-hating, you dogs, all that shit. I mean, he's just he's just putting on a show. Uh, can you go to, I don't know if you can access my Facebook on there. If you're on that computer, you should be able to, uh, if you just log into Facebook or just go to Facebook and you go to my page, I'm sure you people have seen this and uh, you know, I'm not going to belabor the point here, but, and you've probably heard it on Joe Rogan and you've heard it and you may have seen it other places, but Colby did an interview where he went and he explained exactly why he took on this persona and I shared it. Yes. Can you put that on the main and then, uh, we'll just watch this for a second. Maybe you can go back, uh, to the beginning and if we can throw the volume on three fights ago before i fought the number two guy in the world this guy named damian maya in brazil they had told my manager dan lambert that they, they weren't going to resign me they didn't like my style they didn't like that i wasn't entertaining and this is before i really started to become an entertainer and understand the entertainment aspect of this business so before this fight they told me no matter what happens i was ranked number six in the world we're, we're not resigning you we don't like your character we don't like your fighting style and I'm getting paid $30,000 to go fight the number two guy in the world. Like after you pay taxes and pay your coaches, you're really going to get like five or $10,000. So I go out there and I beat him up, leave him in a pool of his own blood in Sao Paulo, Brazil, his home, his home city. And I shoot this promo on the Brazilians and I say, hey, you guys are all a bunch of filthy animals, you know, and in Brazil, you're a dunk. But that promo goes so viral on the internet that the UFC is like, we have to keep him. We, we can't, we have to resign him because that promo is so big. So that's what saved my career, and that was the turning point of my career, and the rest has been history. Okay, so listen. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, man? Listen, this is a fucking dog-eat-dog, cutthroat fucking world of being a championship-level mixed martial artist fighting in the highest level in the UFC. And, you know, we've already seen what Conor McGregor's done. We've already seen people have success with this tactic. And you can disagree with it, and you can hate him. And that's what he wants. That is what he's going for. And it brings attention to it. So even people commented on that post. They're like, oh, fuck Colby, fuck Colby, fuck Colby. And I'm like, first of all, you're just feeding the troll. And second of all, you have to understand what he's doing. I love how he works out to the Kurt Angle music. Yeah, <laughs> you, you suck. suck. And he's doing that on purpose. Do you know why? Because everybody that watches WWE, when they hear that music, they chant, you suck. And they've been doing it for 20 years every time Kurt Angle walks into the ring. Right, so it's all on purpose. Perfect. It's perfect. I fucking love it because I know what he's doing. Yeah. And first of all, the balls on that guy to be willing to accept that level of hate 
just to entertain and to make a career. And then if you just to end on Colby, because I'm a Colby fan, like he's won me over. And at the very least, even if you don't like his personality, you got to respect that motherfucker. But this is the thing that, like, if you're going to be that shit talking bad guy, you've got to be able to back it up. Or yeah. you just look an idiot. And, and he backs can. it up. Even though he lost to husband twice, like, he didn't disgrace himself. And he, de- he definitely lost. I'm not saying he didn't, but it was close. And did, did you ever see the video, uh, the picture, and you know, the paparazzi kind of ruined it of, of uh, Colby running into Usman at the airport? No. You ever, uh, see if you can, there's an image of it or, or maybe a video. Um, and, you know, he didn't know anybody was there. He just walked up to Usman and started talking to him, right? Because he's not really, yeah. this was after the first fight. So, you know, people think like, oh, they could never be in a room together. And there's a difference between the way like John Jones and Daniel Cormier hate each other and the way Colby and Usman do it. Because Colby's putting on an act. Us and John Jones and DC are not putting on a fucking act. So you can, there's a picture or a video you can see of uh, Colby running into Usman at an airport. And, you know, they're just walking up and, and talking to each other. And then, uh, you know, the cameras kind of spot them. And then Colby looks around and sees them. And then he kind of fucks off because he, he doesn't want the thing to be broke. But he was just going and trying to chat with him, right? One, one more thing on Colby. Jake, let me pick your brain on this. So Charmaine and I were having a conversation after this fight. Um, let's say we take the three biggest heels in the history of the UFC. Okay. Let's say Colby Covington, Conor McGregor, and John Jones. Yeah. Okay. You're not putting Sonnen in there. Okay. Yeah. You could throw Sonnen. Yeah. You could th- throw Sonnen in there, but it slightly dilutes my point. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> to, to do so because he's also putting on a gimmick, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But actually it doesn't dilute my point. And here's why. So let's say we look at John Jones, Conor McGregor, and, uh, and Chael Sonnen and Colby. Okay. The four, the biggest shit talkers, the biggest heels in the world or in the history of the UFC. Now, you have John Jones, who started off as a babyface, right? He started off as the Christian guy. Oh, everything was God. Nike everything. sponsorships. Yeah, Nike sponsorships. Everything was God. Everything was God. And then the first taste you get of the real John Jones is the hot mic when he's on there with Cormier, when he thinks the camera's off and he goes, hey, pussy, you still there? And he starts talking shit when he thinks, all, when the cameras are gone, he thinks no one's listening. Then all of a sudden, then he hits the pregnant woman. Then he gets caught with all the crazy drinking and driving shit. Then he fucking gets caught on PEDs. Okay, now, one is fake. Like fake, a fake person, right? He's a fake person. He's really a dick. Yeah. But he pretended to be this way. Now, let's contrast that with Conor McGregor, who grew up like poor, who grew up, like you could see when he was on the up and coming, people really loved him. You could tell he come from a working class background. He made himself... Later on, this motherfucker started to really buy into his own shit. He was different early on. He changed. The fame changed him. He sort of turned into this heel. And now he's this person. And you see him doing shit that's cringy. And he's punching the old man. And you see how fame changed him from being this like working class hero into this other thing. Okay? Now, we take... And this fucking, like, talking shit about Dustin Poirier's wife and the Khabib shit. and the a very bad loser. Talking shit about the religion and just doing stuff that's just not nice yeah. right but that it turned him into that and Chael Sonnen same thing PED abuser but put it on a character now you look at Colby Covington this motherfucker is clean he's never failed a drug test everything that he's doing is a character he's never once had an issue outside of fighting ever he's never ran over anybody he's never got caught in any fucking drugs he's never done anything and by all accounts of people who deal with him directly other than teammates who get pissed at him because of the shtick that he does like directly no one has ever had a bad thing to say about colby covington other than how he presents himself as the character 
So Charmaine and I were talking, you know what? Colby Covington is my favorite because his is 100% a character. Yeah. All the other people showed their true colors. They pretended to be one thing or they were changed. Colby actually is only playing this character, whereas all the other people had their real character shown Exposed. over time. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yep. Listen, man, I'm a fucking Colby fan. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I love what he's doing for the sport. He's damn fun, damn interesting, and uh, fuck all the haters. Yeah, but that did, that's another division now that's in a weird place because Edwards was meant to fight Masvidal, but that's fallen through because then he, whoever, well, no. Nah. If Edwards would have won that, he'd have then been the title shot. But I don't know what they do in that division. I'll bring it up now. Yeah, like, let's take a look. It's a tough one. You've got Usman at the top, Covington, but I don't know what they do. Well, they're already talking about uh, Hamza fighting Gilbert. Yeah, and they're already also talking about Hamza fighting Bilal Muhammad. Um, I I think that they would rather just get Gilbert. I mean, I mean the upside for Hamza compared to Gilbert Burns, like Gilbert Burns can be a sacrificial lamb to the Hamza hype train. Yep, like this guy is the hype machine, and if you could get him up there quicker, I think the UFC would happily sacrifice Gilbert Burns to the MMA gods. Yes. Assuming assuming that Hamza can get through. Yep. Right. Which, listen, if you if he's gonna grapple Gilbert Burns, I mean, good luck with that shit. We'll see how that goes. We'll know if. Listen, if if Hamza gets through Gilbert Burns, Hamza's the truth. Yeah. Right. We haven't seen him in that. Top We've not level seen him tested at all. Yeah. We've not seen him he's hit. So good right now. We've not seen him hit ever. Like I've been hit more today than than Hamza's <laughs> been hit in his entire UFC career. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean that's a damn interesting fight, and honestly. Is it the only fight that can get you out of that can get Usman out of bed? Like Wonder Boy and Hamzat are probably the only fights in the division that would be really interesting for Kamar Usman. And by all accounts, Usman seems to be at the end of his career. Yeah. It seems to be everybody seems to be sending the vibes off that Usman wants like a another big one, big one or two. And then dumb. And then done. And then finish as the second best welterweight of all time. Not the first. You still got GSP. Listen, Usman might be more dominant in a shorter period of time, but GSP still has doubled Usman's title defenses. GSP has nine. Usman's now at five, I believe, which is only one more than Woodley. And GSP had two title reigns, and he won the middleweight title. So I, everybody's sucking off Usman right now, saying he's the GOAT, he's the GOAT, he's the GOAT. All right, you just need to settle down. Everybody just needs to settle down and take a break. Let a little bit of historical distance spread before we start talking about him being the GOAT because he would still need, in my opinion, five or six more title defenses. Yeah, to get to GSP. To get to GSP. And uh, that doesn't even include winning the middleweight strap. So, but, I mean, but he is an animal. And he's rightfully so, I believe, the pound-for-pound number one. Um, But, yeah, what do you do, man? You got Luke in there um, because he already beat Leon Edwards. He beat Gilbert Burns. He beat, uh, can you throw the Colby twice? So everybody that's below him, he beat. He has has he fought Luke yet? Don't think so. Okay, so Luke would be interesting. Stephen Thompson could be interesting, but Stephen Thompson is almost forty years old. So really, the only interesting fight there is Hamzat and maybe Stephen Thompson. But you can't jump Hamzat up that far. Like you can't just go. Oh, I'll have, have a title shot then. And I'm not convinced. Like, but if they give him Burns and Burns is free and Burns asked for it. Yeah, oh yeah, give him Burns. Yeah, give Hamza. That's Burns. he's number That's one. If he gets to go yep. with Burns, oh, he, yeah. he's a title shot for sure. Yep. He definitely needs one, maybe two more. He could fight Bilal Muhammad and then have one more. I still think the fight with uh, Kiesa would be interesting. Both grapplers. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Hamzat has to be one fight away for like, depending on how high they want to bump him yeah. up the rankings. Well, if they bump him in against the top five guy, then it's title shot next. Or do they put him in like someone between five and 10 and then give him a top five and then a title shot? I mean, remember when we talked about this last time, but remember when he was supposed to fight Leon Edwards? Yeah. <sighs> that would have told us a lot, huh? That would have told us a lot. That was the one that got away. If we had had that one originally, first of all, because if Leon wins, the hype train's derailed. Boom, there's, there's your fight with Usman. And if Hamzat wins, poor, poor Leon. Poor, poor Leon. Leon's got the worst Listen, time of it. Like, as a Brit, I'm just, you know what I mean? He's like, he's my boy sort of thing. He's a Brit. And I just want him to get that title shot that he's earned. But he just has no luck at all whatsoever. Yeah. COVID, yeah. like people pulling out of fights. It's just a nightmare for him. And zero marketability for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know why, but the, cr- the people just don't want to see him fight anybody. Like, <laughs> the, you know, Nate Diaz landed one punch on him. And it's like Nate Diaz won the fight. Like, you know, yeah, and Edwards pieced him up for, yeah. <laughs> for f- like 23 and a half minutes. Nate Diaz wins one punch and everybody forgets about Leon Edwards. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about him, but for whatever reason, you know, he just can't seem to connect with, yeah. with you know, with the people. But, you know, he's definitely earned it. He's definitely up there. We'll see. We'll see. But the Hamza, whew, he's a hype train that is interesting. Um, all right, let's, let's hit. Uh, so then Rose, uh, obviously, beat uh, Zhang Weili. So... That's their trilogy fight out the window because Rose has beaten her twice now. Yeah. And, and in two very different ways as well. A first round knockout and then over the course of five rounds. So don't want to see that again. Yeah, I don't want to see it again either. But, you know, Wei Li's still right there. That, yeah. was, that was a damn close fight. If Rose hadn't got that takedown in the fifth, I mean, it was the same thing. It was only one round uh, split, right? One round. Yeah, I'll have to bring up the card. I'm pretty sure it was 48-47 for Rose for most of the round. I think it was the same thing. Like two of the judges were... 48 47 and then one of the judges was like 49 46 or something like that but each round was close except for the fifth yeah and then rose came on and won that fifth round but you know i mean whaley's right there she she could still if rose loses, loses the title or anything else happens they can slide her in there anywhere is they, it another one though where if i just bring up that division's rankings like those two are so far above everyone else yeah. in that division that i don't know what you do like Where's Joanna? Do they just remove her from the rankings because she's been inactive? Yeah, they must yeah. have just—they must have just removed her for inactivity. Okay, so we got Whaley, yeah, and then of course Joanna's probably there under Whaley, but she's not in the rankings because I think she's been inactive since the fight with Whaley last time. So it's been a year or whatever. So they've removed her from the rankings, but she's she's right there. Like to give you an idea though, Mackenzie Dern's five, and she just lost her last fight to uh, Marina. Yeah, Marina Rodriguez. So I don't know what they do in that division either. I mean, I feel like they have to do Carlos Barca yeah. just because she beat Rose. She yeah, beat, true. She beat Rose for the only Ultimate Fighter to win the to win the show. So there's something there. Plus, Carlos looked pretty good. Can you uh, pull up her uh, record and let's see? Let's see. She's done pretty damn well. I think she's on a four or five fight win streak, and she does have that win over Rose. So they can market it like that. But Marina Rodriguez just beat Mackenzie Dern. So there's something there, but she's still below. Uh, Carla in the rankings. So most likely they'll they'll probably give it to Carla. But either way, it's not as interesting as Wei Li for sure. It's not as interesting as Joanna. Even though she did beat her, it's not quite as fun. So the strawweight division may be cooled off here for a little while. But oh yeah, there we go. That's what's up. Alright, let's see what we got here. 
So, yeah, Shang Jianan beat her. Yan Shaonan. Uh, Marina Rodriguez beat her. Michelle Waterson, split decision. I mean, that's three solid wins. Alexa Grosso, that's four solid wins in a row, man. Yeah, true. Yeah, she's not too quite a win streak. So. Uh, yeah, she's, she's there. She's there. Oh, oh, Tatiana. Where is she at, man? Injured, right? Man, she's been injured for a minute. She's probably your champion, honestly, if she comes back. Yeah. I think she'd wrestle fuck that whole division. Her wrestling is so good. She was an Olympian. I mean, damn good wrestling. God, what did she do? I mean, look at that. Yeah, not, not fought since 2019. But look at those last three wins. I mean, those are Carla, Alexa Grosso, Nina Nunez. Now. Now Nina. The artist formerly known as Nina Ansaroff. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, Tatiana's right there. She, she's probably the number one if she actually can stay healthy. Yeah. But wrestling for 15 years will do that to your knees. I think she tore her ACL, and then she came back and was supposed to fight, and she had another injury. How old is she? Can you go back to Tatiana? This might involve math, so. I should say there. What her age is? 30. 30. Once you cross that 30 threshold, the injuries start mounting up. I'm living, <laughs> living proof of that right now. Especially when, yeah, me too, dude. I hurt my back doing curls the other day. Yes, I'll say that again. I hurt my back doing curls <laughs> on Monday. I'm just like, oh. And I just turned 33 last week. So, father time, getting the gray in my beard. You know what I mean? Glover Teixeira, just hold him up as an idol now. The like ageless wonder yep. that is Glover Teixeira. Yeah, but, but you know, Tatiana's right there. That division could be interesting. If Tatiana's in there, that's, that shit's damn interesting. But, uh, yeah, great win for Rose. Good fight. It was close. You know, they're, they're one and two in that division, clearly. Let's get a move on here, because we still haven't talked about the motherfucking Michael Should we just Chandler, jump to... Chandler Gaethje. Yeah, because we got to get to some other shit, too, yeah. before we... And we're already so, powering. Gaethje Chandler. Good fight. Oh, doggy, that was a good fight. Fight of the year? Uh, could be. I, I possibly prefer Holloway's fight today. I don't know. What was the other one? There was another one from a couple months. I have to go and look and see what the... Can you actually... Side, side point real quick. Can you pull up best fights of... 20 whatever I'd be curious to see what else they would have in there because for sure Chandler Gaethje was up there yeah that oh, shit, definitely up there that first round they both like Gaethje or Chandler wobbled him a few times Gaethje was they were low kicking the shit out of each other and then the second round uh, Gaethje started finding that rear uppercut dropped Chandler oh and, and, Volkanovski Ortega as well oh yeah oh yeah that was a great fight there was another really good fight on that card as well so there's been some damn good fights this year that's a good one that's a good call too that one made me damn near have a heart attack when Ortega had that guillotine and that triangle I was having heart palpitations it was so good Uh, but I'll tell you what though Chandler Gaethje that's one of those fights that could not have been five rounds because it was like one of them would have died if that was five (laughs) rounds like man that that was brutal but and at the end in the third round Michael Chandler was just like you know what I'm literally just going to walk forward with my hands down I'm going to walk straight forward have my hands down and just start winging bombs you know for everybody that talks shit about Michael Chandler when he came into the UFC his three fights, I mean, he damn near beat Oliveira, 10-8, had him dead to rights. He damn near beat, or he knocked out Hooker, and then had Gaethje and all sorts of shit. Getting a little feedback here. You hear that? Okay, I think yeah, I got it. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, what a great fight. I think I thought Gaethje clearly won. Yeah. Two of the most violent dudes to ever do it. Um, now the question for me is, do you, do you go with Islam or do you go with Gaethje? For the fight against the winner of Oliveira and Poirier, uh, I think it depends who wins Oliveira Poirier. To be perfectly honest, like it's, as stupid as that sounds, no, it's fair. Yeah, 
Because Poirier already beat Gaethje. That's yeah. one thing. So if Poirier wins, I think, don't give him Gaethje, give him Islam. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Actually, did you see Khabib going back and forth with Gaethje on Twitter talking about this? No. Yeah, they've, they've been having some back and forth because Gaethje says like, oh, I have to be next. And then Khabib chimed in and said, hey, you, you know, you've been finished three times in your last eight fights or whatever. And Islam is on an eight-fight win streak, three first-round finishes in a row. And then Gaethje's like, yeah, but he, who, who has he fought really, which is kind of true. I mean, Gaethje's last five fights are way harder than Islam's last yeah. five fights. Four, no question. But Islam has been more dominant. And Gaethje's fights are definitely more entertaining. So, I mean, if you're gonna put, if you're gonna make the decision on what's the most entertaining fight, you throw Gaethje in there. Yeah. But if you want to throw, if you want to see who, do you want to see something new though as well? Islam. Yeah. And I, honestly, I believe Islam also probably more marketability if you look at globally, because the Middle East, right? I mean, they love, they love Khabib, they love Islam. He's so popular, and so is Gaethje. But you know, it, he's gonna pop more globally. Yeah. I think I think than uh, than Gaethje would. But who knows? That division, dude, that lightweight division, as usual, is just a fucking shredder. And uh, you still got Dariush in there, too. But yeah, good stuff. I mean, that, that fight's been talked to the death, so I don't feel like we need to do it anymore. But if you haven't seen that, you got to go watch it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I don't even know how they both survived. And then there was one more in between there real quick. We just touch on uh, Burgos, Burgos and-, and Billy Quarantillo. Yeah, that, that fight was also amazing, and it just completely overshadowed by yeah. the Gaethje. That's a fight of the night on any other fight card. And then they're basically just leftovers, the sloppy seconds for for everybody yep. after they're trying to gain their wits back after watching Chandler and and uh, Gaethje. And then we already discussed the, the duck face of Frankie Edgar and Cheetah Vera. So. All right, man, a good couple weeks of fights, though. I mean, whew, I feel like I need a fucking shot. I'm just right, talking about them. Next week's card looks a bit of a snooze fest. So. What do we got next week? Oh, yeah. No no disrespect to uh, Catlin Vieira and Misha Tate, but if that's your main event. Yeah. Michael Chiesa. Who the hell is Sean Brady? I mean, I know who Sean Brady is, but why is Chiesa fighting somebody unranked? Isn't he ranked like six or something like that? We were just looking at it. Hani Yaya has got to be 100 years old at this point. <laughs> I mean, Hani Yaya is so old. Where's... Uh, lightweight. Oh no, uh, welterweight now. Kiss is six. Yeah, six. Why the fuck is he fighting? Sean- Fourteen. Oh, 14. Okay. So it's a weird mm, one. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'll watch it. Won't blow your hair back, but I feel like the MMA community can collectively take a breath next weekend. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, just to recover from the last two weeks. Okay. Cool. So I'm, I'm not going to worry about breaking that down. Maybe we'll talk. We'll talk about it. I'm sure next week. Or whatever. But can we move on to the thing that I'm more interested in because it's uh, local. Lion motherfucking city championship next weekend. Your boy is doing the commentary along with the local stand-up, number one stand-up in Singapore, Fuck Fuzz. Uh, He and I will be doing the the commentary for these fights. And uh, why don't you go ahead and throw that up as we're scrolling through it there, Jake. Uh And uh, so all these fights have, have been announced already. If you're listening to this, do me a favor and go follow Lion City Championship. Okay, follow them on Instagram, follow them on Facebook, because uh, the fights are going to be totally free. You can all watch them, and if you're living in Singapore and you're listening to this, you should definitely watch them. This is the first time that local MMA is back in Singapore since the pandemic began. Oh, this, this event has been put on and pulled off 
so many times. Like, yeah. Thank God it's finally happening. I mean, this was... Alvin talk, Alvin and I did a podcast about this. Like, must have been a year ago. A year, no, two years ago, uh, I reckon. Talking about yeah. him doing this. And finally, they're able to get it done uh, because the restrictions seem to be loosening up enough that they're, we're allowed to do it. But you can watch it for free uh, on, I believe they're, I mean, they'll post a link to it on the Instagram and the Facebook. It's all local guys. Um, actually, I can send you. There's some in a. I have a, where's my phone? I can send you a, a, a list of the card because what I want to do is, I mean, you have it there, but I want to go specifically through the, the gyms that are going to be on there. Because if you're listening to this, you can see uh, what all gyms are going to be taking part in the fights. And it's pretty much every gym in Singapore. It's every gym that you know, minus mine. <laughs> because, uh, you know, we're still pretty new here at Stronghold. We've only been open for a couple years. All right, I'm going to send you this, yeah, uh, Jake. And then we can just go through the gyms and, and break down the guys. Um, One second. All right, so basically... There are nine fights, uh, including a professional fight. Yeah, one pro and then two. And then all the rest will be amateurs, including uh, some alumni of the podcast. Your boy Kai Shong is fighting in the main event. Okay, Kai Shong has been on this podcast multiple times along with his significant other, the wonderful and beastly Tiffany Teo. Uh, Do you want me to throw it up? Yeah, throw it up there. Let's take a look at what we got here. Okay, so... Uh, in the first fight. So, uh, you know, we got uh, Umaral fighting Jonathan Tan. So we got Juggernaut fighting Impact. So this is the thing. If you're if you're listening to this and you're from Singapore, you're going to recognize all these gems, okay? We got Juggernaut. We got Impact. Uh, Jun Matsumoto from Evolve MMA fighting Sunny Lowe from Maverick. Another two uh, really... You're going to see a few Evolve fighters as well on this card. And you know what I love about this is that it's local. It's amateur. Because, you know, one has still been putting on events and stuff like that, but it's mostly international people. And for people like us, me and Jake, living here in the scene, it's really, really nice to see, like, local fights, smaller guys that want to build up and take these fights. we got Biraj against uh, Muhammad Faraz. Doesn't say the gyms there. Going down, Eugene Wee, another Evolve MMA fighter, fighting Vredi from Empower Defense Solutions. Aaron Sim from Fortitude BJJ, fighting Kenyon from UFC Gym. We got Aloysius Hung, who trains at Evolve MMA. Uh, who I've got a, There's a guy that I train that trains him and then knows him, so I'll be curious to see how he does. And then Sian Reading from Jungle MMA. Nigel Lum from Fortitude. We got Pokai Sir from Synergy, my boy Shinya. Shinya must be coaching him. Um, and then the co-main event, we got a guy from Evolve, uh, Lim Zeng Tang fighting Glenn Lee. Glenn is the guy who fought on the uh, S- uh, Singapore Grappling Invitational. Yeah. He, he, he fought Kai Shong uh, in the most recent one. And then Kai Shong from Matrix MMA, trained by Major Overall, who's probably been on this podcast more than anybody, fighting uh, Muhammad Zadin, who's uh, independent, fighting at 100, sorry, 68 kg in a catchweight fight. And for all of those people who may be listening to this, I've sent you a questionnaire to answer because i'm gonna get to know all these people right i'm doing the commentary and a lot of these guys have only been training for a few years and you know what the last couple years in singapore have been like there's been no local competitions we haven't got to see a lot of these people uh so i'm trying to get get to know everybody asking them like what their fighting style is how long they've been training what system do they fight in you know and some cheeky little predictions for the fight and uh, that way when i'm doing the commentary i can sort of create some narratives and uh give some tell the stories tell the stories Because what, what I really want as a commentator is, first of all, to uh, explain what I'm seeing, but also weave a narrative and allow people watching the fights to be able to relate and get to know 
these young competitors. Um, what do you think, Jake? How are you feeling about this, dude? I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. And I'm quite interested to see like the Evolve guys in that because their fight team, you know, they uh, they have a very nice set of facilities there and I want to see how they're using it as it were see, uh, see how the guys are doing from there and see how they're doing against some of the smaller gyms so it'd be sort of a yeah, underdog cards if, you, if you're against an evolved guy I feel well there's, they definitely have the most students I mean they've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students right what are there three are there three evolved guys fighting on the event oh, I think there's more One, Aloysius two, and three four Eugene yeah so they've got the biggest they've got four fighters on yeah, but you're seeing a lot of other big hitters in Singapore as well, right? Uh, Juggernauts on there, Impacts on there. We got Synergy, the UFC gym, Fortitude. I mean, these are some gyms that have been in Singapore for a long time. Jungle's in there. Uh, of course, Matrix is in there. So, yeah, it's going to be a blast, man. I, I can't wait. As much as I enjoy doing the Singapore Grappling Invitational, the, the grappling, I'm really, really, really excited for some MMA. I mean, I'm going to be losing my shit. I'm going to, it's going to be easy for me to be not biased because I don't know anybody <laughs> really, except for, except for, <laughs> except for Kai Shong. Uh, but I'll do my best to not be biased against any of them. So if you're fighting on that card, I, I sent you a questionnaire. Answer that for me. Give me some good details so I can blow you up, get this audience to know you a little bit better. And uh, my second, Fuck a Fuzz, who's hilarious and a damn good presenter. He's, he's really good on the mic. Looking forward to working with that dude again. And we're going to break that card down next week. Maybe we bring on the main event winner, whoever wins between uh, Muhammad and Kai Shong. Um, oh, be... you wonder, isn't that, this bloody World of Two is a nightmare. The what? We could have got, like, got several people from the card on, but we can't. I because... know, that's the thing. That's the thing, because Jake's already here. Yeah, so we're right? allowed one more person. That's it. So if, you, if I mentioned bringing you on the podcast before, I mean, this is the issue. Yep. Right, is that I'm only allowed to have two people here. Jake has already won, and it's tough. Like I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to get. Uh, well, we wanted to get Alvin on for a start. And yeah, yeah. We wanted to get Alvin. I spoke to Fuck a Fuzz too, but you know, I mean, he's he's busy. He's got shit going on, and I wanted to get uh, Oz. I wanted to get Oz on the guy who won the thing. But the day we do it, is he's not available. And same thing with. Uh, Mujig and, and Yang, I want to get them on, but we can only have one other person. So, guys, just give me time. I want you all to come on the podcast. I, w- I want to blow you up as well, but it's tricky in these days when we're only allowed to have two visitors, and Jake, of course, has already won. <laughs> and I'm taking up a slot. So we're already <laughs> And Luke doesn't know how to press the button, so I have to be here. <laughs> exactly. So there's no no chance without us. Um, all right. So, man, I, I think that will pretty much cover Is there anything else? No. That pretty much covers it, hey? Um all right, so if you're listening to this, please uh, keep an eye on this Lion City thing. This is their first event. You know, it's I can't stress enough, especially in these day and age, how important it is to support your your local fighters. It's a scary thing. Many of these guys are going to be it's going to be their first time competing. A lot of them, uh, I spoke to about half the fighters already. And message them with that with those questions, trying to figure out a little bit of their story. And most of them have only been training for like three years, something around there. I mean, it's amateur. It makes yep. sense. That's a good that's a good starting point. And it can make for like very exciting fights, though, when when you've got these like beginner guys starting out who just go hell for leather on oh, one another. Yeah. Oh, bring that on! Oh, sometimes it looks pretty pretty <laughs> sloppy too. Hey, but yeah. they don't give a shit. You know what it is, man? It's the nerves. If you're the first time fighting, and for a lot of the people here, it's going to be their first time fighting. I'll tell you what, boys. If you're listening to this, you are in for something special because the nerves that you get on your first fight 
are something you will never forget. <laughs> it is going to be wild for you. You're going to you're going to have to piss, you're going to have to shit, you're going to nerves are going to be racked. You're probably going to cut weight, you're going to piss off your spouses and your girlfriends and you're going to be the doubts are going to creep in. You're going to I mean, I'll tell you example for me. My first fight, I literally thought climbing out the window <laughs> and just leaving my family and never showing my face again was a reasonable solution <laughs> to getting out of the fight. Okay? You get the fight or flight. Okay, two things. First of all, my first amateur fight, I didn't get that. You know why? Because I was young and stupid. I was naive enough and foolish enough to be like, it'll be fine. So I didn't get it. But after years more training and a few more fights, when I made my pro debut, then I was old enough and wise enough to know actually what I was getting into. And then that's when the nerves hit me harder than ever because I actually understood what I was getting myself into, right? When you're like young, 18, 19, 20, like, oh, fight, fuck it. I'll fight anybody. I don't give a shit. That's the attitude that I had. So I wasn't scared because I was stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> too dumb to know. Yes, so exactly. Fine. <laughs> I was too dumb to know. But by the time I, I – and I had four amateur fights, but when I had my pro debut – then I was well, I knew what was up. And then the no shin pads. And then the gloves were small. And then I was in a foreign country. And then the, my opponent was fucking huge. It outweighed me by easily seven or eight kg. I mean, it was just fucking ridiculous. Did you ever pulled up the, him on this podcast? No. Do me a favor. Go to my Facebook. You want to see the motherfucker that I fought for my first uh, pro debut? You can go to the Facebook. And if you go to my albums, it's called Cuff uh, 3. Or something like that. And this is the fight where I, I tore the ligament in the first minute. No, first 30 seconds of the fight. I tore my meniscus in my knee. had no stability. And then, thankfully, the uh, the doctor cage side stopped us in between the rounds because I couldn't put any weight on my leg. And had I continued, I probably would have been knocked out. Even though I dominated the round. Uh, he threw a low kick on me and in the first minute. So it should be cuff. Yeah, you see that there? Cuffing. Yeah, that one. So this is my pro debut and uh, so you can click on a few of those, and you can see basically where the fight took place and throw that up on the main. So, you know, there I was a little thinner with hair. Look at that hey, shit. Check Look, it out. I'm a fucking handsome bastard with some hair. Look <laughs> at that shit. And then, uh, so, I mean, this was basically the fight, right? I was just on top of this dude, ground and pounding him. I took him down about 30 seconds in, stayed on top the whole fight, and it clicked the next one over. You know, but you can see how jacked this motherfucker is. Yeah, he's a big fella. Oh, yeah, go to the face-off, and you can see... Really? So, okay, so go back, actually, if you don't mind. So this is me thinking, uh, that window in the next room looks just big enough for me to crawl outside of it. <laughs> that does look the, that does look the man thinking, ah, I've not really thought this through. Zoom, zoom in on that. Zoom in on my terrified face. I might be, I might be hiding it, but that is a face of a desperate man, <laughs> desperate man right there. Okay, and then go to the face-off. Uh, yeah. So that was me after. You can see the ice pack. That was from one punch in the guard. That was a six-inch punch. That fuck. Look at my elbow. Yeah, go back to that last one. Okay, so that's from me elbowing him. Oh. That, that looks like a fucking face hugger about to burst out of my elbow. And that literally. So he hit me two times. Yeah. One low kick, one punch from the bottom that had about six inches. And it tore my meniscus and blew my fucking eye socket. <laughs> I got hit with two strikes. That's it. And that's what it looked like. And then uh, if you keep going, face off. So I mean, I was on top the whole time, right? There's a takedown, but <laughs> yeah, that's when I was like, I gotta go down to featherweight. Zoom in on that, so we can get a little bit of perspective. Look at that shit, this motherfucker. I don't know, Cleon, if you're out there, buddy. Uh, oh man, 
I mean, I, I was definitely technically better than him. Uh, I mean, I, I dominated the fight, but this motherfucker was huge. Yeah, he's massive. <laughs> yeah, and then, so you can, I'm saying in the back, I mean, I, I made the walk and I was shitting myself, but, you know, if you're a young fighter, I'm telling you, it's, you're going to be, coming. it's coming. Yeah. It's going to be an emotional roller coaster. It's literally gladiator shit, right? You're out there and you're fighting and your health is at risk. And this is why it's serious. And this is why having a good coach is extremely important having somebody who's been there who can properly prepare you who knows the feelings that you're going to have who knows when you're slacking off who's going to be on your ass and most importantly who's gonna do what give you the things that you need to get you there and most importantly get you there safely and get you there because it is a very dangerous thing that oftentimes when you look at it you really don't appreciate the level of danger until that motherfucker is staring across from you and there's people watching you and there's lights on and there's cameras on and then you're like oh god please just don't let me shit myself out there like literally shit myself <laughs> it's like uh, worst case scenario I've, I've obviously never yeah, fought professionally sort of thing and but the closest i've come is that when i was a kid i used to play rugby to quite a reasonable level and i remember we were in some cup competition and we were playing a team like because it's a cup competition we, we were doing really, really well. And then we got through to a team a few divisions above us. And I just remember looking at them and like, same thing. Every other game before that had been fine because it was people at our level and stuff like that. And these guys were just like actual athletes compared to a bunch of dopey kids. <laughs> and I just remember we're in the dressing room. I'm like, I saw them going in their dressing room. Oh, now I'm not very big. I was like, oh, this might be a problem. And then we just heard this like war chant from their dressing room. And I just remember saying same thing, thinking like, Oh, I'm going to shit my pants. I need to get out of this. <laughs> well, and then, you know, the thing with, with all of this is, is first of all, those nerves are gone once you actually start the fight. I mean, you've competed in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Which does give you a... No, uh, no uh, before a jiu-jitsu tournament, I'm like... It was it's like whatever, like, right? But yeah, it's just like, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing this because I want to do it and I'm here to have fun. Whereas if I compare that to how I felt before, like, some rugby games and stuff like that, because you can get badly hurt playing rugby. Oh, yeah. Rugby's brutal. Like, it's because it's collision, right? Yeah, that, that's yeah, yeah. the thing. Like I've got terrible concussions from it, and like bad knees from it still to this day. And I compare the start of a like jujitsu tournament before that. Jujitsu, like, jujitsu is like a three yeah. on a scale of ten. Yeah, it's like a three. Yep. MMA, MMA is a fucking ten. Yeah, amateur is actually lesser. Amateur is a little bit lesser. You're wearing shin pads. You're wearing bigger gloves. They stop the fights earlier. They're not going to let you go out on your shield. Right, good referees, and I've been referees for amateur and professional fights. Okay, I've been ref, and I've been a judge, and a commentator, and a fighter. So I've I've seen the whole spectrum of it. I mean, the first time you're you're still going to get those nerves, but as you get more and more experience, it's you know I felt like that for my pro debut when I fought in Singapore last. Which if anybody's listening to this and you want to watch it, you can find my fight on on YouTube. Um, that one I didn't have the same nerves. First of all, I was way more confident in my skill set. Um, the weight class was much more reasonable. And I'd matured, I, you know, it is a it is a roller coaster. Like you start off obliviously confident, right? Foolishly confident. And then you start to see a little bit of the truth. And then you're like, oh shit. And then you actually develop the skills that give you real confidence, not not false confidence. When I did my pro de uh, debut or when I did my amateur debut, I had false confidence, foolish, young confidence, thinking that I could just do whatever. And then when I had my uh, pro debut, I felt... A little, I got, I learned that it was foolish confidence and my skill level, I was a purple belt. I had like three years of training. It was okay, but it wasn't where I should have been. And then when I had my last fight, I knew that I was good enough to, to, to do what I needed to do. I was confident I could compete with good people in every discipline. And that was genuine, real earned confidence. So I, I wasn't, 
I really felt confident in that fight. Um, so I went through the whole thing, and it remains to be seen where people are going to be on that spectrum. But I'll tell you what, boys, you're ready for a fucking trip. This is going to be a wild evening. And, uh, you know, it's, you know what it is? It's a little injection of life. You know how you get the malaise of life, especially in the coat, you get in the routine. If you want something to fucking wake you up, that'll do it. Yeah, MMA fight. That'll do it. That'll <laughs> let you know you're alive real quick. Once fucking feet and hands start swinging by your face, whoo, that'll let you know you're alive. So everybody, I urge you to please uh, tune in. This is it, is it Saturday? Saturday or Sunday? I think it's Saturday. Saturday, 21st, isn't it? This Saturday at around... Is the, is the timing on there? Uh, Jake, can you check so we can inform the people? I suspect it'll be sometime in like the early evening, 5, 6, something like that. Just trying to bring it up now. Let's see if we can get a timing for the, the listeners. Uh, do me a favor and follow the social media. Follow the Lion City Championship uh, Instagram and Facebook. They'll be sure to update you um, on the timing and when the event actually goes live. But it's going to be a damn good time. And uh, these young fighters can definitely use all the support within the local community that's possible. And the Singapore martial arts community is extremely supportive. So please do your best to show up and help these fighters and give them all the support that they need. Yeah, 20th. I got it wrong. Not 21st. It's Sunday. Is that Sunday? <laughs> damn mass. I, ha- I have to be there, so I should, yeah. I should know this. I'll no, be there Saturday. When- Saturday okay, the 20th. So it is a Saturday. Okay, so, so stay tuned for Saturday, and I'm sure they'll all update you. And hopefully next week on the podcast, we can get somebody on here. If not, then we will do our best to just break it down and, and have a good time. All right, everybody. This has been the Stronghold Podcast. Thank you all for watching and listening, and have a good day.